Good morning and welcome to our church here at Clyteville. And today we're starting a new series called Three Simple Rules. We're starting this series because if you watch TV, if you listen to the radio in your car, if you walk into our books a million, or if you just scroll through social media, you're going to see that you are constantly being given instructions on how to be successful, how to find meaning in this life, and how to look good while doing it. Y'all know that I teach English, and one of the themes in American literature is this desire to go back to nature. That's what Walden is all about, and into the wild. This desire that we have where we want things to be more natural, things to be simpler, and we want things to make sense. So do you, does that resonate with you? Do you wish that life could be simpler? That there was a way that you could go back and just be back to the basics? Well, John Wesley created three simple rules. For a simple, clear, no-nonsense approach to life. And what we're going to see over the next three weeks is that while these rules are simple, the concepts are profound. So I hope as you leave here and you go about making decisions for your day and week and the rest of your life, that you'll take this advice to heart. Now, the problem with a lot of advice, or the advice that I get told, is that it's often complicated. It's like you do this, and then you do this. However, if this happens, then you won't go this alternate route, and things just get overwhelming and really dense and over-convoluted that you wish things could be simpler, almost like bullet points. Now, when you were in school, did you ever have to read one of those really long books that you just couldn't get into? Like War and Peace, Wuthering Heights, House of Seven Gables. Well, they used to make these little yellow books called Cliff Notes. They'll give you these chapter summaries of what was going on and what was important and who the important people were and what the book was really trying to say. So these three simple rules are kind of like a cliff notes to the Bible. They don't encompass all of the Bible, but they give us the cliff notes, the bullet points of some of the big overarching ideas about what it means to be a Christian, about how we are to live, and what it really looks like to be a follower of Jesus. So let's start today in the book of Romans, chapter 12, and let's begin at verse 9. This is the common English Bible. Love should be shown without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your family. 
be the best at showing honor to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the Spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble and devote yourselves to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. Bless people who harass you. Bless and don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy. Cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone as equal and don't think that you're better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think that you're so smart. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. If possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. Don't try to get revenge for yourselves, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. As it is written, revenge belongs to me. I will pay it back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. By doing this, you will pile burning coals of fire upon his head. Don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. Let's read chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Don't be in debt to anyone except for the obligation to love each other. Whoever loves another person has fulfilled the law, the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't desire what others have. And any other commandments are all summed up in one word. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Love doesn't do anything wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is what fulfills the law. Out of the hundreds, and there's over 600 commandments in the Old Testament, the big picture, overarching idea is do no harm. Avoid causing pain, hurt, suffering, and harm to others. Don't kill. Don't gossip. Don't lie. But when we look at this, this phrase, this first rule, do no harm, it seems so simple. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? that it's easy to just kind of breeze right on by. But what this means is we need to examine ourselves. And if we're going to examine ourselves, that means that we've got to slow down. And we have to think about our language. What about the words that we say? Are we helping people? Or are we hurting them? Oh, it's speaking about language. What about what we post? 
helping or are we hurting? What about our attitude or the way we spend our money or our time? What about all of our relationships? And speaking about this, do no harm. Do you know what Wesley said was the biggest sin among Christians? Injustice. And he said that injustice was seeing something wrong in our world and doing nothing about it. Because as we read the promises of God, we see that God wants the best in life for us. He wants us to experience the very best, to have life abundantly. And He wants that for us and for others. So if what we do causes us or others to steer away, to wander away, to get lost from that good life, that is causing harm. Do no harm. Why? Why? Well, I love how in our doctrine we say that every individual is an individual of sacred worth. Everyone is an individual of sacred worth. Now, in plain English, what does that mean? It very simply means that everyone is a child of God. Everyone matters to God. And because everyone matters to God, everyone matters to us because the truth is our lives are connected. If everyone is a child of God, that means that everyone is our brother and our sister. Our lives are connected. Our lives are interwoven. And so what we do impacts other people. What we do affects other people. I heard one preacher say, if we rain on someone's parade, we step in the puddle. So this is very much against what our culture says. It says, be who you want to be. Do who you want to do. And grab all that you can. This flies in the face of that because what we do impacts, effects, and affects others. You reap what you sow. The pain that we cause others comes back to us. So, what's that mean? It means that the absolute best thing that we can do is to bless others and to help them. But let's get beyond that. Because we don't want to do that out of some kind of selfish ambition. We want to watch our motives. What this really means is that if we really, truly, really, truly saw everyone as a child of God, would we hurt them? If we really saw everyone as family, would we hurt them? If we really loved everyone, would we hurt them? 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor, and he helped some Jews escape the Nazis in WW2, and he was later hanged for his contributions. And he had this really great quote. Bonhoeffer said, We must learn to regard people less in light of what they do or are meant to do and more in the light of what they suffer. Alright, let's, let's take part of that out. We must learn to regard people more in the light of what they suffer. Are we living life in the fast lane and just going so quickly and doing so much that we don't take the time to slow down and notice the people around us? Are we moving so fast that we don't notice the needs around us? Let's read another verse from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13, 14, and 15. Yeah, 13 and 14. You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only don't let this freedom be an opportunity to indulge your selfish impulses, but serve each other through love. All the law has been fulfilled in a single statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everyone here is old enough and has enough life experience so that we've all been hurt and we've all been wounded. But the truth is no one can tell no one can guess how much you're wounded. So the truth is, we're all vulnerable. Everyone is vulnerable. And we need more gentleness in this life. So do no harm. Why? Why do we really hurt others? Does it make us feel better? Does it make us feel superior to them? Does it make us feel in control because I can make you feel a certain way? Psychologically, we hurt others because we've been hurt. But this is church. How did Jesus treat you? In John chapter 5, we get this story of Jesus healing a man at the pool in Bethsaida. This man is paralyzed. He's been there for 38 years. And the story goes that an angel would come down and stir up the water and it would bubble up. And then the first one in that pool would be healed. Here's what's not in most of your Bibles, not in most of your study Bibles either. This pool of a sage is thought to have been dedicated to some god. I'll try to pronounce this name, but I may mess this up, Scott. Asclepius. 
So what this really means is that paralyzed man was looking for healing in the wrong place. How long have you been at the pool? How long have you been hoping for a different outcome? How long have you been looking for healing in the wrong place? By doing the wrong thing. By trying to find fulfillment by doing the wrong thing. But the good news is that Jesus can find you at your pool and forgive you. He will show you grace. And Jesus will show you mercy. And Jesus will forgive you. And if you've been forgiven, if you've received grace, if you've been given mercy, how can you not share that with others? When you see the love that Jesus expresses for you, how can you not be more loving? So very simply, our takeaway today is that Jesus can change us. Jesus can heal us. And as we go out into our real world, and as we start to make our decisions about what we're going to do, I hope you all remember this first rule. Do no harm. Do no wrong. Do no sin. And remember the best news is your hurts have been taken care of by Jesus. Let's close out with some verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 24. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every situation because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't suppress the Spirit. Don't brush off Spirit-inspired messages. But examine everything carefully and hang on to what is good. Avoid every kind of evil. And now, may the God of peace Himself cause you to be completely dedicated to Him. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept intact and blameless at our Lord Jesus Christ's coming. The one who is calling you is faithful and will do this. Now let's close with a prayer. Teach us today to do no harm to do good and assist us so that we may stay in a loving relationship with you and our neighbor. Help us today to be an answer to another's prayer so that we may be one of your signs of hope in the world you love. Amen.